This is the When Life Happens podcast, the real podcast all about helping real people overcome real life issues successfully. And since life never stops, let's get after it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I'm your host, William Jackson, and I'm so excited because we have another opportunity to live, learn, and grow together. And if you missed the last episode, stop what you're doing right now. Go back, listen to it, get caught up, because what's about to happen today is a continuation, but we're going deeper than we went last week. I have my wife with me, my partner in crime, my best friend in the studio with me, and we are back again. They say if you do it nice, you got to do it twice. So we brought her back in the studio to create some more magic so welcome back baby welcome back we are super excited in this moment um, because I think we have some amazing content to discuss there's some great things that we're going to be able to uncover and this episode is about healing Mm -hmm. it's about getting to a place where we can provide practical tools for people to heal with a specific focus on our female population and the women who are listening. But I think healing principles are universal. So I'm excited because I know some of the things that you've been through, but majority of people do not. And your story is one that is uh, both beautiful and has many layers So we're going to uncover some of those layers today. So I'm excited. Let me first thank you for your vulnerability. And we're going to dive in. Are you ready to talk about this? I'm really hot right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I forgot to bring a nice cold glass. I had some hot tea and now I'm like, oh boy, (laughs) it's getting warm in here. No, I'm I'm very excited. I think it's been um, a long journey for me to get to this place where I'm open to talking about things more Mm -hmm. and you know my inner circle knew and they still walk with me and and they've they've been my my tribe but to share publicly uh, you know a little more glimpse into my my vulnerable spaces of, of healing from some stuff yeah it's it's new for me and it's so time though I think I felt that green light um kind of earlier this year and yeah. I'm, I'm honored to be able to share this because it's about some life that happened yeah yeah <laughs> it makes sense so i think the only way to do it is to rip the band-aid off okay. we're just gonna jump right in right go. so um in this space it's a, a space where we want to be vulnerable and honest let me preface to say that some of the things that we may talk about may be triggering for some so if you're in a space where you're healing we encourage you not to listen to this while you're driving if you have a tendency to have the experience like someone's cutting onions and you start to cry we don't want any wrecks we don't want anything to go off of the rails for you but we want you to lean into this moment to this opportunity for us to come together because when we heal in community when you feel supported when you know that someone has your back 
it makes it easier for you to take these risks to jump and to try again so um i have some questions that i have prepared for you and i'm excited so let's let's dive in i want to know first question what made you prioritize your healing um i guess we'll probably first have to go back to the unhealed space and for me that was who 2018 i think was like the darkest year mm-hmm. ever for me my son was going through some extreme health issues and you know as a mother feeling help the, the most helpless feeling you could ever feel is when your child is so sick and going through things that you don't have the answers to and that was so scary for me, especially because they were life-threatening things. So he was in and out of the hospital. You know, I'm spending the night with him in the hospital. He's riding in an ambulance. It's it's devastating to see your child in the back of an ambulance just on a stretcher with no expression, just limp. Um, mm-hmm. And so many moments like that happened throughout the course of his like early life. He was only two years old. And um, in the midst of all of that, um, my marriage was destroyed and it was probably the most devastating moment of my life because I was already barely hanging on as a mother and trying to go through that process of, you know, those scary moments. But then the scariest thing happened when you lose, you know, you're what you thought was real and you find out that it was not real at all. So I think what made me really prioritize healing Mm -hmm. was getting to the place where I was so broken in every, and I knew I had no strength left to Mm -hmm. do anything by myself. And I kind of had this like thought and this wake up call, you know, that quote of hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. And I knew that the person that hurt me was just a very unhealed person from their traumas and from whatever they have gone through, that it caused another situation in their life that created more hurt and more devastation and destruction. And so I got to the point where I realized if I don't heal, then my son will never have a healed parent. If I don't heal, I will never be free. I will carry this bitterness and this anger and this, all of this hurt into every, it's going to bleed and leak all over my life. Yeah. And I just had a glimpse. I like thought about the future. I'm always thinking ahead, which is like a blessing and a curse in my life In business. It's amazing in personal life. I'm like, okay, like I'm always like, okay, gotta do this. Now I gotta do this. But I think I just, in this scenario, it was such a blessing because I kind of had this future focus of if I can just get through this and and work through this healing process, then I'm going to get to see a, a better future for my life. And I'll never experience this again because I won't settle for this again. And I won't, you know, I'll see things differently. I just knew like also in the midst of that, through my, my journey, I needed to prioritize that because I knew that it could make me sick. Yeah. So I want to jump in because you said a few things that were just extremely powerful. One is 
a lot of times people go through things and when they are hurt, they don't have the ability to identify that there's a possibility that the hurt you've experienced was at the hands of someone who hasn't healed. Mm-hmm. So just being able to stop and say, okay, shifting your focus from your issue to even consider someone else's issue who caused your issue is just a different level of maturity because I think that we stay trapped in our traumas oftentimes because in our pain, our focus becomes very singular. Mm. It becomes very about me. It becomes very much about how I'm feeling, what was done to me, what happened to me, which is all valid. But staying in that that place creates a cycle where you can almost get trapped in the never ending loop of what happened to you and what they did and you mm-hmm. re-rehearse it and you go over it and over it and over it. And every time you rehearse it, you reinforce it. So being able to stop and say, okay, even though my life was destroyed, everything that I was holding dear is no longer intact. Being able to stop and say, okay, shifting my focus to the possibility that this could have happened to me because the person who did it to me was not healed. Mm-hmm. And then you said, I knew that if I didn't heal, my son wouldn't have a whole parent and wouldn't have the support system that's necessary. I think those are two fundamental things that are key is being able to shift your focus to the future. Because when we get hurt, it almost stunts our emotional growth. Like we stop at that moment and then we start reliving and start living backwards. But being able to focus forward creates a space to where you're able to make it bigger than your pain, bigger than your issue, which takes a great level of maturity. It takes a great level of strength. I want to commend you for that. But that was just powerful when you say that. So uh, go ahead. I know you were picking up there. It was it was not pretty, though. It was very ugly but going back to your question i had to prioritize that that was like my only hope was the fact that you know nothing can stay like any everything is made to be healed yeah anything like look at our bodies if something breaks it can heal so at that point my soul was broken like my i was just i just remember thinking i am not okay yeah i am i am like I didn't know who I, I lost my identity. I like lost everything that I was standing on. Even my faith was shaken and it was shaken in a beautiful way. I say that not as if like I was losing faith, but like I had to redefine what I was believing in and really stand on it and really get to the point where I was like, no, this is what I believe. And I have to step into taking my faith to another level too because at that point I couldn't put my faith in any person there's nobody I could go to that could tell me anything yeah I just that was just so broken yeah and um yeah I just I had to go I knew this was gonna be a journey and some days I was like let me just get to the end of this day like yeah. if I can just I can't even think about tomorrow it's so painful let me just get to bed 
tonight. Yes. Let me just think about, okay, if I can, because I was in the middle of working and I was working in the wedding industry. So <laughs> Where you have to I be. I was literally doing weddings and celebrating and... love everywhere. Wow. And then I was also on stage teaching wedding makeup for mm-hmm. thousands of people and, you know, on tour and traveling and in the middle of heartbreak and yeah. and just devastation and at the time you know that was probably what really also helped me was i didn't just sit and wallow in it i i kept busy yeah <laughs> but i also would have to find moments to um go through the different things that i needed to do to help heal which is so many so many i did so many things yeah and we're definitely gonna get into that but one of the things i think is key is um i believe that taking strategic moments to grieve Mm -hmm. is so imperative and for me i'm not sure if the audience knows or is aware we are both products of being married before it didn't work and through our heartache and our heartbreak we were able to grow and develop Mm -hmm. and find the true love that we always desired so if you're in a place where you have been now exposed to a situation where things have crashed and burned and you're left with broken pieces there is hope on the other side of the story Mm -hmm. we are living proof of that but when i was going through some of the toughest years of my life similar to the spaces that you were in when i lost my grandmother and my marriage was in shambles and there were a lot of family issues and i was isolated and felt like i was on an island i didn't prioritize my grieving process Mm, yeah i just tucked it away yeah and i kept pushing because i had so many responsibilities Mm -hmm. and i was leading thousands of people and i needed to be on Mm -hmm. for the people that I needed to be on. But you said something that I had to learn over time. And it's a process that I sort of developed called the grieve and go. Yeah. And that's in the play on the term, the give and go, Mm -hmm. which is basketball terminology where you give the ball and then you roll to the basket and you either look for the pass or whatever the case may be. But the grieve and go is when you set time limits to say, okay, you know what? Because for me, I tucked it away because I knew that if I went down that path of how I was actually feeling, I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to make it back out. Yeah. And that I was going to get stuck in that that dark hole. It's so dark. It's so scary. And I thought that I was going to get stuck there and die there. Yeah. So I said, I'm just going to keep pushing and thinking that one day it will heal itself. Well... When I started realizing that I needed to take strategic moments to actually heal, I started doing this process of, okay, you know what? I don't have all day to focus on my feelings. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to set a timer, 30 minutes, an hour, however long. And in this time frame, I'm going to feel how I feel. And I'm going to, if I need to yell, if I need to cry, if I need to punch a pillow, if I need to, whatever I need to do in that moment, fully embrace how I was feeling in Mm -hmm. that space. But when that timer ended, then I would regather myself Mm -hmm. 
and say, okay, now I got to put my big boy shoes back on and I got to get back to doing what I needed to do. And I think that's similar to what you were saying is you were taking strategic moments to do the things that were necessary for you to process through those feelings and to get some of that out because internalizing is only delaying the inevitable. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep it there and it's going to resurface in one way, shape, form or fashion. But when you take strategic moments to grieve and then go, it gives you an opportunity to get some of it out, but not sit there too long where it consumes you and you slip down into that depression. Mm-hmm. So in that space where you were faced with the darkest moments of your life and you were in that moment and you had to continuously be faced with an industry that was a daily reminder of your situation, how, how did you effectively still work in this arena? Um, I think, well, first of all, I love, I love what I do. And so, and I love love, like even in the midst of heartbreak, it wasn't my first time having my heart broken, you know? So like, I was like, oh, okay, time to move. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Long story short, but, but I was just very, um, you know, for me, it was more of a, in those spaces, I needed to just me serving other people and serving and seeing their happiness Mm. gave me it kind of rubbed off on me a little Mm. bit gave you hope it gave me it gave me hope um and it gave me just like a different you know those moments some of some of the moments i was like you i had to tuck all of it away i mean Mm -hmm. i was showing up eyes swollen from crying and you know there were moments where they would ask me questions about my life and, mm. you know, cause it's a very personal service. Sure. And I would, you know, I remember one specific wedding, I had a panic attack in the middle of, of working and I had to step aside and go like do some breathing exercises mm. to the point where I was like, I need to quit. This is not for me. And of course I didn't quit, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I had to step aside and, be be graceful with myself. I had to be really that this whole soft life hashtag mm-hmm. soft life right now. I had to like learn that I had to be gentle with myself, mm. and I felt so fragile that like anything could spark a panic attack at that moment, mm-hmm. um, because it was just so painful. But then I got stronger. Yeah, and, and so just many- loving on women and just being there for them regardless of me, like I just set myself aside and just poured into them. And it, it that was part of the healing process too. Cause I, it felt good. It I felt was just really about good. to say some of the greatest places where you're able to heal is when you're in a situation where you have to serve others Yeah, because you instantly forget about you, forget about you. Yeah. You forget about you. However, that could be also, you know, people become workaholics or people mm-hmm. even in like, in the service industry, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to just put that fake smile on and just yeah. keep it moving. And then you're not really feeling authentic. Yeah. But I, told I gave therapist, myself time to go home and ball my eyes out. <laughs> see, And that's, that's strategic because yeah. I told a therapist one time, I said, you know, I became numb emotionally so that I could still function physically. Right. So I knew how to fake it until I made it. I was a master 
at internalization. I was a master at putting on a smile and, hey, how you doing? And you probably didn't even know you were doing that. You probably didn't even know it was fake. But what's funny is, like, have you noticed when we started talking, when we got together and, like, Mm -hmm. people were around us and they were like, wow, you both are just so different. You're so happy and you're so... This is real because whatever yeah. it was before, you didn't feel real. They could see that you weren't being authentic. And that's crazy. When I start hearing my friends <laughs> say, oh, no, this smile is genuine. Yeah. And you're like, like wait, I but I think this is the same eyes. smile. And I'm like, no, I thought. Yeah. And they're like, no. No, they said no. that with me. They're like, you have a different glow. Mm-hmm. Like after I came out of this season, mm-hmm. they were just like, you just, you glowed up. Like mm-hmm. you look different. You move different. Something. I had one girl, she sent me the sweetest message because I was probably posting a lot um, on social media, sharing a little bit of my journey, just like if it was a quote that resonated with me, if it was, you know, something. And she messaged me. She said, I don't know, whatever you broke through, you needed to so that we could break through too. Mm. And she's like, I'm just so glad I've, long story short she's just like i'm so glad you got through whatever you got through because whatever you're doing is is helping and um and that's i key. was so quiet about it too i wasn't even you know some women go off yeah some some women in their heart it just feels better to just vent yeah and to go off and people are things are said on social media that probably should yes, not be are. said and they get nasty and i was just like I'm just going to take the high road and I just, I just want to keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. I got so much more life to live and yeah. Why waste it on that? Yeah. And that's, it's so, so vital to understand that everything that we go through is to help someone else. Not just for us. It's not just for us. It's not about us, even though it affects us. There are things that we will go through in life. There are people who are waiting for you to successfully matriculate through your hurt, through your pain, through the things that you have bounced back from so you can give them hope that it's possible. Oh my gosh, yeah. So that you can give them hope that it can be done. So on that note, what is the biggest difference that you see now in your life the difference between the wounded version of you and the healed version. What's what's the biggest difference between the two? Oh my goodness. The biggest difference? Or if we're talking about I don't know how many years. I'm still on the healing journey. Sure. Right? Like absolutely. I I look at that season. I came out of that dark tunnel that mm-hmm. I did not see the end of the light in and I was completely just like it was dark. Mm-hmm. Once I've come out, I've also still had little remnants of, you know, unhealed things I've had to work through triggers. We, th- we talked about that last yeah. podcast. So if you didn't listen to the last podcast, go back, go back, rewind. Catch up. <laughs> but I think the biggest difference is number one, my faith. Yeah. And number two, the grace that I give people mm. and the understanding. So when somebody, you know, does something wrong or does something off i'm just like whatever yeah like let me keep it moving that's that's something that they're dealing with i'm not going to take that personally or and then also the other difference would be my patience Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) you've seen that 
Yeah. Because my patients... Listen, your patients have grown just since huh, we've been together. I have just had another level. I'm very... I like things. I like to move. I like... Yeah. And just the, the art of slowing down mm-hmm. and also just kind of resting in who I am. Yeah. Just as a woman and, and who I am and loving myself, all aspects of myself. Yeah. You know, I think that's been a big thing. One of the biggest things for me is I always come back to what Jesus said on the cross was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that's something that I try to keep in the forefront of my mind is that if he could do that for me, as many times as I would hurt him, I owe it to at least try to extend some grace and to not look at everything as a personal (laughs) assault on my entire life. You've helped me with that so much because I watched you handle things. Well, I've been through some things. And I watched you respond to things. And I'm like, I would have said this, this, this. In my heart, we both like have our quiet moments when Mm -hmm. we come back together. And I'm like, I really wanted to say this, 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 and this. And the way that you just handle people and even people who are dirty or do you wrong or even just it's just interesting it's just really interesting it's it's been so fascinating and it's inspiring i think that's something too is when you are healed don't hide don't hide your healing because showing the healed version of you inspires other people yeah i knew i saw other women you know, go through some of the stuff I went through and they shared their stories with me and I see their life now. And Mm -hmm. I saw, and I'm like, Oh wow. You're like, you're so happy now, but you went through what I just went through. Yeah. How are you so happy? You, you, that happened to you too. And you're living this great life. Okay. There's hope for me. There's hope. You know, even like for my future, to get married again. Yeah. It was not on my radar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was ready to be single times, forever. I can't tell you how many times I said never. <laughs> I was going to be a nun. That was okay. <laughs> no, now kidding. that's a little too far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but I was really so like, it's going to be me, God, and my baby. Yeah. I don't yeah. need a man. It was almost in that space. Mm-hmm. But I know that I love love and yeah. I know that. God did not create us to be alone. And yeah. I wanted a good role model for my son. Yeah. And I'll never forget one of the parts of my healing was uh, just really journaling a lot, mm-hmm. journaling my heart, my thoughts. And I was on a plane one time and we, can I share this story? Cause it's sure. more about us. Yeah. It's not really, but I was on a plane and I was, I was just like, my friend was uh, a, a dear sister, a friend of mine is, also a life coach. And so she was always giving me so much wisdom through the season. And this was probably like maybe a year before I met you, I think. I think it was a year. Yeah, it was a while. I think it was, yeah, it was a year. And I wrote down all the things that I would want in a spouse Mm -hmm. or in a person. Mm -hmm. And if I was to start dating again and my heart was being softened. Cause I was, I was like I said, I was not about, Done. I was like, I'm just going to be free and 
no man will ever have me. <laughs> Sister Act, you're about to be a nun oh singing in the choir. Don't get me started. <laughs> but I, I wrote this list, and my friend was like, okay, write a list of the good qualities you want in a man. And I had done this back in the day mm-hmm. in my early years, like teen years. My mom told me to do it. But this was different because I knew what I didn't want, and I knew yeah. what all the red flags were. And I was so specific down to everything. And it was really more just um, my life, like what I want my future life to look like. If I ever get married again, what he would look like as a person, what my business would be, all of it, right? So I'm putting all this down and to a T, you have checked every single list, like every single line on the list. You check everyone. Baby, I will pull it out right now. I still have it in my phone. <laughs> I promise you. Wow. Even down to like the details of how you deal with Asin, mm. my son, even down to the details of how you um, work and how you, I mean, so much. Your faith, like so much. But this is not about that. We need another relationship <laughs> need podcast. Another need another Just bring one. me back next week. <laughs> no charge. <laughs> Put it on my tab. But... I'm going back to that. I think journaling is so huge as you're healing because I love looking back to see what God did Mm -hmm. in my life and how I didn't have something and now I it's here and how I was hurting and now I'm not like all of that looking back and measuring. And you're teaching me in that space because when I am overwhelmed or I'm stressed, I'm hurt. I have severe blocks. I can't create. I can't write. I can't. I am just in a head down, foggy, do the work, get it done, keep it moving. And it is very therapeutic to write out your thoughts and your feelings and where you are, even as a point of reference to be able to look back because we oftentimes are able to remember the negative experience to a T. Yeah. We are able to remember what happened, what they had on, what the weather was, what the time it, what the of room day, smelled like. what the room <laughs> smelled like, what kind of socks you had on. If you walked on the left side of the street that day, mm-hmm. we know every detail. But when it's time to recall and recant the things that happened great in our lives yeah. or how God turned that thing around and we were able to now be standing in an answered prayer that we would have never even had the strength to pray. We don't remember it as vividly. Mm-hmm. So journaling those things, being able to compare to say, okay, I remember all of these details about this dark moment, but man, being able to compare it to all of these details of when God brought me out or when I healed, when I finally got to a point where I was able to bounce back is such a beautiful thing. So I'm definitely still learning in the journaling space because, you know, I'm a man and I just (laughs) keep going and I'm going to do the work and I'm going to push. And I used to have this improper perspective that it would heal and I would just figure it out. And if I just did more then I could block it out, but getting to the space where, like you said, journaling, writing some things down, being able to see those 
those wins celebrating too. the small wins that was a thing that you never did never. in the beginning and i was like come on it was never big enough for me it was never big enough <laughs> I, I that I, I don't know how that came about for me i think i was just so it might have been a thing like i've been doing my whole life probably but it really helped me through mm-hmm. the healing journey too was Okay, this is really rough over here, but let but me I made look it over to here. Yeah. yeah, let me look over here. Like, okay, all this happened to me. It's heavy. I am so exhausted, but I just got a new client today. Mm-hmm. But I got to go to bed early. Yeah. <laughs> but my son and I got to bond and go to the park today. Like, not just gratitude, but like I always called it like your wins. Like, what are the victories of the mm-hmm. day? And, and celebrating those, down. even if they're yeah. tiny. That's what's And then say. they get, get bigger and bigger, and you're like. Yeah, get down to a granular level because someone who is fighting depression or anxiety or someone who is in a deep, dark hole, just being able to get out of bed is a win. Absolutely. Being able to stand up out of bed, to walk out of a dark room. I can't tell you how many days, how many weeks, how many months I was serving, functioning in depression yeah. and I would be so on while I was out in front of all the people who needed me. Mm. And as soon as I got home, I was in a dark room in a fetal position wow. and could not move. And the only thing that got me up was because I knew people were waiting on me. Mm-hmm. Being able to celebrate every win Okay, I got out of bed today. I was able to function throughout half the day without even thinking about celebrate those wins because celebrating those wins create momentum. So we talked about we talked about some of these these tactics that you were using, right? In celebrating wins and journaling, what are some other tools of advice that you would give to your younger self? What would you say when you look back at you then? What would you say? Then, like in that dark space? Yes. It gets so much better. So much better. It gets so much. It's going to blow your mind. Yeah. I think for me, I felt that Mm -hmm. and I kind of had some little hope that I was holding on to. Mm -hmm. And that was just through my faith in God and like how he's near to the brokenhearted. He was so near. Yeah. Yeah. It was so beautiful. Yeah. And sorry. No, that's so good. The spaces that that I had to just be in and and the people he brought to me and the the beautiful journey of how he just walked with me through those days. Yeah. Just being there, being able to, to know. It was so beautiful. Like, it's even like looking back, I even sometimes miss those days because they were so beautiful. And people are like, how could you miss like a sad day? But it was so, I don't know how to explain it. If you've gone through this process of healing, you'll, you'll know, you'll know that feeling. And it's just, it's something that only you can do. And if I could look back at my younger self in that time, I would just say, like, it's going to get better. Like, it is. It's getting better. Yeah. And I had no idea 
where my life was going to go. I had no idea who he was going to bring into my life and who he was going to remove from my life. Yeah. And I just had to trust that process. And I would just say, just trust that process. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all the betrayal, all the brokenness turned into a blessing Yeah. because I feel like I know myself better. I feel like I'm stronger now than ever. I've never been so secure, but I think looking back, I, I just felt so broken mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, that's probably what I would say. It gets just, better. It gets, it gets better. better. It and, really does. And what's crazy is because we never want to hear that when we're in it. Right. We never want to be in the space where when you are broken, at least for me, some of the last things I want to hear is it's going to get better. Things are going to turn around. I'm like, listen, I get that. But how I feel today (laughs) does not agree with that. But I think if we could have more of an open mind and heart to know and shift our perspective on the pain that we go through that I always say that every crisis is an opportunity for us to understand more of who Christ is mm-hmm. getting to the point to where I learn more about God in the storm. I learn more about me in the storm. Like God does his best work in the storm. Absolutely. When things are darkest, when things are falling apart, when it feels like I'm about to sink and drown, that's when things are really leveling out for me to understand my purpose, mm-hmm. who's with me, who's not supposed to be with me. And what really matters. And what really matters. Like I was so... I was in such an eliminating mode where I was like, okay, this does not need my energy. This does not, this person doesn't need my energy. Yeah. And, um, I think that's a huge thing to to know where to put your focus while you're in the storm. Yeah. So is that something that you would deem as the most important thing for women to know? What is the most important thing (laughs) or maybe not just the one singular, but the most important things for women who are going to heal or and, and men alike mm-hmm. for people who are going to heal what are some some common important things that they should know while they are journeying through the process i would say number 1 fix your vision mm. fix your vision make fix your eyes on the higher things yeah. don't don't get caught up in what's happening yeah around you because it's temporary yeah there's no storm that lasts forever Mm -hmm. and that got me through a lot because i'm like well there's not this can't last forever yeah you know this divorce cannot last forever his pain in his body we're gonna find an answer with my son like there's gonna be an end to this Mm -hmm. so i would just say fix your vision keep your eyes on him keep your eyes on on where god is taking you and where your feet are planted. Yeah. You know, don't try to think about the next step. I was always doing that. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that was my blessing and curse because I would always think about, okay, well, what, what happens next? And where's, what if this is going to happen? Mm-hmm. And I just had to be where my feet were planted. Be here, be present. Be right here in this moment, 
my counselor taught me mindfulness. Yeah. Um, and, and I would also just say, like, give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. Like, breathe. Like, literally take a moment to slow down in your life. Make time for you to just breathe and take in life yeah. that is in your lungs. Take in a moment to just focus on you and and nobody else not your children no friends don't don't numb yourself with whatever it might be work or a substance or don't lean into that that's just going to be such a temporary fix and you're going to come right back to this space again like lean into where you find peace yeah and follow that peace too because that is a great indicator that you're going the right way yeah so fixing your vision because I can hear someone say, okay, I understand that, but how do you do that? How do you fix your vision? And I think there are certain things that I think we do on a regular basis that insulates our hearts and our minds in a space where we're always correcting our focus and making sure it's like the horse that has the blinders on mm-hmm. that I can't look to the left or to the right being strategic about when you're in those stages of darkness and hurt and brokenness you have to be very intentional about the things that you listen to your gates your gates the things that that you are taking in the things that you give access to if you are heartbroken one of the worst things you can do is listen to songs that talk about heartbreak because it is only going to reinforce it. You got to be strategic. I would put declarations and quotes up on the wall. Me too. And my commitment to myself was every time I walked into a room and Mm -hmm. I would put it in places where I knew I would venture often. Yeah. Every time I walked into the bathroom, whatever was on the mirror, I had to say it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I didn't feel it. I didn't believe it, but I made that commitment to myself. And even if you don't say it, your eyes are taking it in. Yeah. But it's something about when you say it, though, when you speak things, you start giving life to them. It becomes real. Yeah. So I would go in and even if it was something as simple as I'm going to heal and bounce back better than ever. There were some days I walk in and I'll go, I'm going here on my bounce back. And I'm, and I would literally quickly just move on from that place. But the more I said it, the more it start connecting to my emotions. Yeah. Like I was strategic about what I was listening to and, and who I was listening mm-hmm. to. Because when you get around people who want to magnify the issue, oh they will gosh. keep you in the same oh, state. When you get around those people, and here's the thing, you need friends who are there. are are there and and who understand and who are willing to support you. I'm not saying that their love and support is wrong. I'm just saying you got to be strategic about how much you can listen to someone bashing someone else or someone validating your feelings. You need people to say, okay, it wasn't your fault. That hurt. I know you didn't deserve it, but now it's time to to put some stuff back together. Now it's time to get up. We don't stay here. We're not going to die here. There is more for you. There is happiness for you. There's peace for you, but we got to get up and get moving. You need people to be able to talk to you in that space. Yeah. And if you don't though, you have to learn how to talk yourself out of it too, because 
I think people lean on people so much. And, and that was key what you just said, because when you hurt, what we try to do is lean into someone. Yeah. And a lot of times when we're leaning into someone and we're not healed, we're looking for them to be the source that sparks our healing. And you're so hungry for yeah. for something. You're hungry yeah. for somebody to give you some kind of answer or some kind of validation for your, and, and that can become, I mean, you, it's good to have that one friend who you can just vent to mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you can let it all out. If yeah. you need to say everything you want to say in your yeah. soul, yeah. let it out and they're not going to judge you mm-hmm. and they're, and they're just going to let you hold space for you. Yeah, I had some friends that really did so well holding space for me mm-hmm. and that was huge. I also had some friends who were like doing the opposite yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they were very opinionated and it was so not where I really saw myself going. And yeah. I was like, well, you can stay with your situation, <laughs> but I'm not going to. Right. And I think that was, um, that was a big, I, I had to lose some friends. I had mm-hmm. to lose some people. I had to lose my whole world. Really. Mm. I had to start my world over. Yeah. But, yeah, sometimes you don't have those people and you got to my funny you say that. So my dining room, I literally took eight by 12, whatever, like the full papers mm-hmm. through my whole dining room. Yeah. Was like rows. Oh, yeah. Of verses and scripture and things. And I didn't even care because I didn't let anybody in my house. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, it was me and Bubby. We're going to hang out. And when we eat dinner, every time we sit down for a meal, I'm looking at this. We're reading yeah. this. Yeah. And it wasn't like super religious where I was chanting things and mm-hmm. being all extra spiritual. It was just, it gave me such hope. And I still save those papers. They're in yeah. a folder. But I knew that that would help me get through this because I had to put that in front of me. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't just... I couldn't just get through the day without the word. Yeah. And I think that was huge too. Because if you don't put put that in front of you, the only thing that's going to be in front of you is the pain. Right. And then you're just going to keep regurgitating that. And the more you speak it, the more you give life to it. And I'm not saying that you deny what you went through or that you try to completely disconnect from it. What I am saying is that you have to be strategic about how much you lean into it because Mm -hmm. pain is a slippery slope and one wrong step could bring you all the way down the mountain and then next thing you know you're laying in this space and you don't know how to get out of it so being able to be strategic have a strategy a plan grieve in a time frame do the grieve and go write out certain things that speak to your future that you would want your life to look like keep certain images in front of you listen to certain podcasts listen to certain songs like something that gets you motivated because in every other space people do that when athletes are getting prepared for a game they listen to a certain type of music When people are getting prepared for the biggest moments of their lives, they're listening to certain things, looking at certain things. They got to be strategic in that space because it is so key, so vital. So what were some of the resources that you used that helped you heal? What were some of the things specifically, if you can go back and remember 
What are some of the things that you leaned into that helped you? Um, I think I leaned into, well, number one, my, my spirituality, my faith Mm -hmm. in God and making his, just getting close to him Mm -hmm. and being in his presence and just being in a space where I was inviting him into every, like in the car and walking around, like Mm -hmm. it was a constant thing. Um, and also counseling, counseling was a big thing. Yeah. I went to therapy. I also had a friend who was, like I said, who was a life coach and gave, she gave me so many amazing tools Mm -hmm. to help me with so much. And I also did go to um, a few different programs through a church that I was going to at the time. And there was one specific session where I had like a healing session Mm -hmm. with some, some women that, that was pretty powerful and just kind of, they kind of guided me to the release process of the releasing and the forgiveness. And, um, they had no idea what was going on in my life, but they just were guided by God. And that was special. Um, oh my gosh, books and podcasts, so many things I listened to and just constantly just diving into. Oh, wow. Can you remember some of the books? Oh, geez. Um, one book specifically that helped me was from Lisa. What is her last name? Do you remember what, what the book was about? It was it was about the sword. Um, I think it's Girls with Swords, I think. Let me see. I have to look it up now. You know, I Google everything. Yeah, yeah. Girls with Swords mm-hmm. by Lisa Bevere. That is such a good book that really helped me just kind of going through, um, like carrying your cross like a hero, I guess is what it what it's called. It's really helped me kind of get through the battle of depression and yeah. darkness that I was in. Um, oh my gosh, there were so many. I, there were so many. There was a lot that I studied about... Um, behavior and cognitive behavior and emotional healing, yeah. emotional development, emotional intelligence. I studied a lot of that, the nerdy science behind some mm-hmm. of the things with mm-hmm. people who might have some trauma and unhealed things. But as far as like books and podcasts, I was really just pouring into myself as much as I could every yeah. day. Yeah. Um, I literally have so many more books, but I can't, I'm like drawing a blank right now. That's good. But we'll, we'll, we'll find them and we'll make sure that people get them. I so. have, I'm going to put a, a PDF together with all my, all the books that I was I love that. going through during that time because I haven't had a lot of people ask me like, what did you read? What helped you? But that was a good one. And audiobooks too. Audiobooks are good because, the, yeah. you know, if you're in a stage where it's hard for you to even focus on reading, but you keep it in your ears. Mm-hmm. Is just another access point to where you're consistently pouring into yourself and and really just being intentional. That was another thing. Um, I went for a lot of walks. Mm-hmm. Taking care of my body was a big part of the healing because mm-hmm. I didn't realize I stored so much stress in my body yeah. to the point where I was having crazy symptoms like mm. um, muscle spasms, and I had my I had so such muscle tension that my ribs were dislocating. Wow. I was going to my chiropractor. I'm like, I just keep getting this pain. They would tell me it it happened at least four times. Mm. My ribs had just popped out of place. And they they were like, there's nothing we can do. We could try to pop it back in, but you're going to have to rest. Wow. That was 
painful. Yeah. Uh, that was rough, but also, you know, learning um, how the body keeps score. Mm -hmm. That was a really good book because your body is going to feel all of that trapped energy. Yeah. And going for walks and listening to audibles and podcasts was a huge part of my healing journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this key is just being able to get out of the space that you're in, changing your scenery. And the most important thing that I did with that being said was retreats. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I took myself away so oh, that yeah. I wasn't in that same frame of mind. Mm -hmm. And I took myself on just my own all by myself. I would just travel all the time. And most of the time it was to the beach <laughs> because that's my happy place. And I would just walk on the beach and just pray and just, I had so many beautiful moments where um, I would just journal and, and hear the voice of God so mm -hmm. clearly because I was away from the noise. I was mm -hmm. away from the regular, you know, running the businesses and yeah, being a mother so and being, it was just me. It yeah. was just me and God. Yeah. And I went on quite a few retreats and that was life changing for me Yeah. and, and just being able to just get away yeah. from it all and be able to heal and then come back with a stronger strength inside of me that was ready to just tackle whatever I needed to tackle yeah. at the time. It was a lot of things, yeah. <laughs> but now I, I look back and I'm like, that's still something that when I travel and when I go on a retreat, it's still so healing. Yeah. It opens my mind to creative new, and I would do new things. I would meet new people. I would go to new places each time. And it was some of the most amazing friends I've even created from going on a retreat just by meeting people locally that lived there. Yeah. So it was, that was life changing for me. I love that. Being able to be in a space where you're willing to go and take yourself on a retreat and get either away from it all by yourself or even in a community of mm -hmm. people who have like minds, who have the same types of focus and plans. And, and that is so key. And if you can't afford going somewhere mm -hmm. and getting on a plane, or maybe you hate planes, find somewhere in your local area in your neighborhood where you could go or even on the other side of the city staycation. where you could go even staycation but even just like find a beautiful place to go like nature was my mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. getting into a place i either i found a place randomly on a drive this was in the middle of the pandemic mm -hmm. there was nothing was open and i needed to just i was i, I just needed to breathe and get yeah. away and i went and found this beautiful little space by this river and I found it on a walk and I was like, I'm coming back here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I ended up coming back there like almost every week. One time I brought a lawn chair and just sat in the water and just watched the water. And something about being by the water was so healing for me. Yeah. And just, I felt better when I got up and when I left and came back home. And that, that started, you know, a space, that was a space locally. So mm -hmm. if you don't have somewhere that you can go to and you can't afford traveling or you can't even take that much time away, find, carve out some time to go find a beautiful space in your, like a garden or, you know, a beautiful pathway that you could walk into a park or just a beautiful scenery and just sit down and just breathe. Yeah. And just let God speak to you just in silence. You I don't even that. have to have a book or words or thoughts or a journal. You can just be 
mm-hmm. and let him just do what he does. Just be. I love that. And you know, the, the beautiful part about all of this, especially talking about retreats is I happen to have some insider knowledge that there may be someone who is working on some specific (laughs) things that may actually provide some of these things that we were talking about. Just, Mm -hmm. just maybe, just maybe she may have long dark hair. She might be like six feet tall. She could could be, she could be sitting in the studio with me. Who, who knows? I mean, that could just be anybody though. Right. (laughs) So, no, no, it actually could. (laughs) She said, let me correct that right now. Well, you know, baby, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for your vulnerability and the tools that I think that you've equipped people with in order to heal and this is only the beginning no matter where you are in the process it gets better from here it gets better there's more in store for you yes. life is not ending this is in fact a new beginning so before we get out of here i want people especially the, the females and, and the women who are tuning in. I want them to be able to connect with you and to be abreast of all of the amazing things that you're doing. Tell people where they can find you and where they can connect with you. Give them your social media, your website, all of the fun stuff. It's all pretty much the same. Um, it's Stephanie Carroll, S-T-E-F-A-N-I-C-A-R-O-L.com. And it's also at Stephanie Carroll on Instagram. And I have some really exciting new things coming up. Really exciting. But I'm um, really moving moving towards a new direction with yeah. some of my energy and efforts and programs. And I'm really excited to share that soon. I can't wait. I can't wait to see all of the things that are about to take place and support it. And I'm very grateful for your vulnerability and your honesty in this moment. Any final words that you want to say to the women that have been listening or people who may have been listening, who may just need just a final word to help them get from where they are into the place that we know that they can be if they just continue to push forward. Yes, you got this. This is not the end of your story. You can rewrite your story. And just know that you can get your life back. You can have the life that you have always dreamed of. You can have a new vision for your life. And just lean into that peace. Lean into God. Hold on to your faith. And just know that you got this. You got this. You can make it. You will make it. It gets better from here. This isn't the end. Trust me. It gets better. Be the one who doesn't give up on you because God is never going to give up on you. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I hope that you found this episode both impactful and inspiring. Before you go, like and share the show, subscribe to it, leave us a comment, rate us and review us on all podcast platforms. Your engagement helps us reach more people and create a better show. But the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you're interested in more resources and tools of how to live a fulfilled life and step fully into your purpose or purchase your copy of the life-changing book, When Life Happens, head over to www.theofficialwilliamjackson.com for more information. Until next time, keep rising, keep thriving. And remember that no matter what life throws your way, 
you have everything inside of you you need to overcome and succeed when life happens. <laughs>